Hello, everyone. This is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesale and Electrical Marketing with the April 3rd, 2023 edition of the Today's Electrical Economy podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. Today's podcast will look at 10 of the local markets and states had the biggest increases in estimated sales revenues for 2022. We'll also take a look at some of the smaller markets that had some significant increases. And we'll also give you a sneak peek of Electrical Marketing's U.S. product level sales estimates for this year. Along with this information, we'll be checking out some weekly economic indicators that can give you a sense of where the U.S. economic activity will be in the months ahead. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2023. For the week ending March the 25th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial unemployment claims was 198,000. That's an increase of 7,000 from the previous week's unrevised level of 191,000. The four-week moving average for unemployment claims was 198,250, an increase of 2,000 from the previous week's unrevised estimate, an average of 196,250. The U.S. unemployment rate for the month of February is at 3.6%. These five states had the largest decreases in unemployment claims for the week ending March the 25th. Indiana had the biggest decrease with down 2,142. Tennessee had 738 fewer claims. Mississippi had 721 fewer claims. Connecticut had 720 fewer claims. And South Carolina had 653 fewer claims. Now let's take a look at the states that had the biggest increases in unemployment claims for the week ending March the 25th. There was quite a few states that had increases of over 1,000, and that's a level that usually catches my eye. Here's the 10 states with the biggest increases. Michigan was up 4,465. Massachusetts was up 2,693. California had 2,503 more claims to 47,333. New York was up 1,742 claims. Texas was up 1,569 claims to 15,523. Missouri was up 1,509 claims to 4,527. The District of Columbia was up 1,247 to 2 1,825 claims. Ohio came in with 896 more claims to 15,720. Kentucky was up 686 claims. And Virginia was up 459 claims to a level of 2,082. For the most recent week, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 469,958 carloads and intramodal units, and that's down 7.5% compared with this this week last year. For the first 12 weeks of 2023, U.S. railroads reported cumulative volume of 2,760,079 carloads. That's down 0.3% from the same point last year. It also reported 2,789,546 intermodal units, and that's down 10% for, from last year. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 12 weeks of 2023 was 5,549,625 carloads and intermodal units, and that is a decrease of 5.4% compared to last year. Six of the 10 carload commodity groups posted an increase compared with the same week last year. They included petroleum and petroleum products, was up 1,889 carloads to 10,524. 
Metallic ores and metals up 1,321 carloads to 21,807. Farm products, excluding grain and food, was up 986 carloads to 17,668. And the commodity groups have posted decreases compared to the same week last year, included grain, which was down 2,650 carloads to 19,889. Coal was down 1,737 carloads to 68,248. And chemicals were down 1,200 carloads to 33,050. On a percent basis, Petroleum and petroleum products were up the most with a 11.8% increase, followed by motor vehicles and parts with a 9.9% increase. As you can see in the chart, we are more or less at the same level of, of as from the beginning of the year, right around that 470,000 carloads and intermodia level. There were some consistencies in the individual freight categories, as the same category showed some of the biggest declines and biggest increases with the data in our last podcast. For the most recent data on a year-to-date basis, total intermodians were down 9%, chemicals were down 7.4%, and forest products were down 7.1%. Category showing the, the biggest increases in the year-to-date data were petroleum and petroleum products, which were up 12.1%, motor vehicles and parts up 10.5%, and non-metallic minerals were up 6.5%. If you track the oil market, you are probably familiar with the Baker Hughes recount, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. The basin gained three weeks for the week ending March 24th. None of the other individual basins had any notable change in activity. On a national basis, there are 88 more rigs operating this time than there was last year at this time. The current price of West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil as of March the 31st is $74.88 per barrel. That's according to macrotrends.net. The average price of a WTI per barrel for 2023 is so far is $76.09. Prices did take a tumble with, uh, over the past couple of weeks when you, because of the regional bank crisis, but they are picking up get a bit closer toward the year-to-date average. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future activity since copper is used in so many different industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets for copper because of its use in wiring cable and copper plumbing pipe. Comex copper prices as of March the 31st are $4.09 per pound. They've gone up about $0.24 per pound since the beginning of January. We just updated our electrical sales potential estimates at the national, state, and local level, and I'd like to share a few of those highlights with you. I'll also give you a sneak peek at our national product level estimates, which I also just updated. This data is available as a part of a $99 annual subscription to Electrical Marketing Newsletter. You can get information on subscribing to the newsletter at www.electricalmarketing.com. This slide shows you the 10 states that had the largest increases on a dollar basis in our estimates for 2022. Texas was at the top of the list with an increase of $653 million in total estimated electrical sales potential. Behind Texas was California with a $405 million increase, Florida with a $375.7 million increase, New York was up $230 million, Tennessee up $200 million, Arizona was up $184 million, North Carolina up 
161.8 million dollars and Nevada which also was up 154.4 million dollars also had the largest increase on a percent basis with it up 10.46%. Ohio was up $147.3 million and Georgia was up $145.7 million. We estimate these numbers using our sales per employee multipliers that are in the electrical wholesaling market planning guide. We take the employees for electrical contractors and the employees with the, the industrial market and then add a factor for to cover all their types of electrical business to come up with our total sales forecast. Right now, the U.S. is tracking for $143.8 billion in total market volume. In this slide, we have the top 10 metropolitan statistical areas, or MSAs, when measured by total increase in estimated electrical sales potential. At the top of the list was Dallas, with an increase of $246.6 million. New York City metropolitan area, which covers everything from Long Island to New York to New Jersey, all the way up into Pennsylvania, it was up $185.8 million in estimated sales potential. Houston was up $172.1 million. Phoenix up $167.6 million. We had Las Vegas up 123.4 million. The Los Angeles Long Beach Anaheim MSA up 103 million. Atlanta Metro was up 96.9. Seattle up 94 million. San Jose, Sunnyvale and Santa Clara MSA up 88.4. And Nashville Metro up 87.7 million. The last two slides looked at the largest markets in terms of a state with the most estimated sales potential gains and also the metropolitan statistical area that had the largest increase in estimated sales potential over the past year. This slide is going to look at the, uh, some markets on a smaller basis. In this particular one, we're looking at markets with $250 million or in sales or less in estimated market potential. Uh, the largest increase for the for metros of this size was Port St. Lucie, Florida, which was up $15.8 million in sales potential. Savannah, Georgia was up $14.8 million in sales potential. Longview, Texas checked in at $14.5 million in estimate sales potential. Lansing, East Lansing checked in at $14 million in estimate sales potential. St. Cloud, Minnesota checked in at $13.1 million in sales potential. Appleton, Wisconsin checked in at $12.3 in estimated sales potential. Bloomington, Illinois checked at $12.2 million estimated sales potential. The Philadelphia city is up $11.5 million sales potential. Obviously, Philadelphia doesn't quite fit in this category, but because of the way the government collects their uh, employment figures, they kind of limit it just to the city boundaries there. So it does show up in this chart here. Abilene, Texas was up $11.1 million in sales potential. And Kalamazoo Portage, Michigan was up. That metro was up 10.8 in, in sales potential. Now let's drill down into the markets with $100 million or less in sales potential. Some of these, you'll see some of the names here, some of these metros also appear in our the previous slide with $250 million or sales. But these, it's interesting that they, uh, markets of a smaller size actually would rank up with some of those with the uh, $250 million in sales. Bloomington, Illinois, which is on our previous slide also, was up $12.2 million. Abilene, Texas was up $11.1 million. Decatur, Illinois, up $10 million. Grand Junction, Colorado was up $7.7 million. Janesville, Beloit, Wisconsin, up $7.6 million. We also had Clarksville, Tennessee, and Kentucky Metro up $7.6 million. St. Angelo, Texas, up $6.6 million. Yuma, Arizona, up $6.4 million. And Kavalua, 
Walikea, Lahaina, Hawaii, apologize for the pronunciation, was up $6.3 million, and Bowling Green, Kentucky, up $5.8 million. As I mentioned, all of these estimates come from our sales per employee multipliers that we have published for many years in the Electrical Wholesaling Market Planning Guide. Some of the other market data that we publish uh, in electrical marketing and it's available as part of an annual subscription, we do an estimated electrical product potential by the various large product groups. Uh, these product percentages are based on surveys that we had done a number of years ago of top 150 electrical distributors. And it gives you a pretty good idea of some pretty broad categories of about, about uh, 16 different uh, product categories there. But you can see that wire and cable, is up to 13.3% of all sales from, for our estimates, up about a $19 billion market. Uh, lamps in total is about 5.4% of the total electrical market. It's about a $7.7 .7 billion market for distributors of electrical supplies. Take a look at lighting fixtures. Distributors told us that they account on average 16.9% of their sales and about 24.2 billion. Lighting controls, 2.2% of distributor sales, market roughly $3.2 billion. Wiring devices, that includes the receptacles, 3.1% of distributor sales, $4.3 billion of market potential according to our estimates. Distribution equipment, 5.3% of distributor sales in total market on a national basis. We we're calling it about $7.6 billion. Switchgear, 8% of distributor sales, $11.4 billion market potential. Circuit breakers, 3.4% of distributor sales. We're calling it a $4.9 billion market. Fuses came in 1.3% of sales total market, and this goes through the sales figures from the uh, fourth quarter of last year, $1.9 billion. Condo and raceways, $7.4 billion market, about 5.2% of distributor sales. Conduit fittings and accessories, $4.8 billion, 3.4% of distributor sales. Connectors and accessories, 1.7% of distributor sales for a market of $2.4 billion. And enclosures, 2.4% of distributor sales. Total market potential, $3.4 billion. Outlet boxes and accessories, 2% of distributor sales. Total market potential, according to our estimates, $2.9 billion, roughly. We had industrial controls, 6.3% of distributor sales, about a $9 billion market, according to our estimates. Utility products and pole line hardware, 2.9% on average distributor sales. Total market size for distributors, $4.2 billion. And voice data video products, or VDV products, 3.8% of distributor sales. Total market size, $5.4 billion, roughly speaking. wraps up our podcast for today. A special thanks to the folks from Pantheon Fireplace for sponsoring the today's Electrical Accounting Podcast Series for 2023. Please contact me if you have any questions on the economic data that we covered in today's podcast, or if you have ideas for some other economic statistics that you would like us to track and report on for our these podcasts in the future. Our next presentation will be on April 17, 2023. Until then... Be happy, stay healthy. I look forward to chatting with you in two weeks.